You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Blog Talk Radio. Hey guys, welcome back to the Big Ten Powerhouse podcast. Um, so we're starting a little bit late here, um, but we do have a uh, a good show here for you this time. This is our final um, preview type podcast here for you, um, and we've saved uh, two of the bigger two of the bigger teams here for this week, or at least in terms of coverage. Um, <laughs> Always uh, tricky to say a team is bigger than another, I guess. But um, but yeah, we've been going over the um, the records of each team respectively, the conference records over the last five seasons, and these two teams came out on top. So congrats to them. <laughs> but uh, no further ado, we're going over uh, Ohio State and Wisconsin. Um, not much doubt that they've been extremely consistent over the last few years. Um, Bo Ryan, Bad Mata, great coaches, and really they've built some big-time programs. Um, as soon as we get uh, Phil to call in here, a couple of minutes from uh, Bucky's fifth quarter, um, we'll get rolling on uh, – we'll start with Wisconsin, um, and then we're hoping to have uh, Matt Brown from uh, – uh, land Grant Holy Land, which is the um, Ohio State site for SB Nation. So we do have a few exciting guests here tonight. But um, but yeah, before before Phil calls in here, a um, few tidbits on Wisconsin. Obviously, they're the the mainstream pick as a favorite for the Big Ten. Um, most consider them a Final Four favorite. Loaded. They made the Final Four last year. Um, probably even better than a lot of people thought. Um, they were one of, I want to say, two or three teams to beat Florida last year. Um, great Gator team. And uh, so that's that's something to hang your hat on. But it looks like Phil is in here. Um, Phil, can you hear me? I can. How you doing tonight? <laughs> Very good. Thanks for having me. Good. Why don't you inter- introduce yourself real quick? Sure. Uh, I'm Phil Mitten, a basketball editor over at Bucky's Fifth Quarter. Um, UW Madison alum myself, um, and up until this season, <laughs> uh, season ticket holder for the last few years. So that's kind of the worst timing in the world. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say that's a uh, it's a rough deal, but I'm sure you got to see some big games yourself. But uh. <laughs> Yeah, um why don't we why don't we jump right in here into Wisconsin? Um what what are your general predictions, thoughts, um well not predictions so much, but just your expectations and uh thoughts coming into this season. It's hard not to get carried away, I guess, just with all the pieces returning and um you know, all the hype that's now surrounding this team. 
which is um, sort of uncharted territory for the program. But, uh, you know, on the whole, I'm pretty excited that they can do some things that they weren't even able to accomplish last year. I mean, they didn't uh, win a Big Ten title last year, and that's something they're certainly capable of and shooting for this year. So um, obviously hoping they can uh, make it back to the Final Four and they have the talent to do it. Um, I haven't gone out on a limb and predicted that yet, but uh, I I think there's just a lot of exciting... uh, players on this team more more so than any previous year so all in all just like last year just a really fun team to watch and a great team easy to root for the guys on this team their personality how close they are um so yeah uh, about as exciting uh intro to the season as you could possibly have yeah yeah definitely um i don't think there's any doubt that this team has uh received a lot of attention a lot of hype um, before we get into some of the X's and O's here, um, first off, do you how do how do you see the team taking the hype? Um, obviously, the the test case last year, so to speak, was Michigan State. They were the unanimous Big Ten pick before the season, and um, that didn't work out as well. Obviously, a lot of different factors, you know, impacting them. But do you do you think the hype could potentially impact this team? Um, there's always a possibility, but. I really think the team is well suited to handle it. Um, one thing we've heard a lot uh, recently is just a lot of the guys just mentioning how uh, that loss at the end of the year in the Final Four really bothered them, and I think they're really using it as motivation um, to the point where they're they're not resting on their laurels at all or the hype. They, they really feel like, um, in fact, I think they kind of adopted a little kind of mantra make them believe like a twitter hashtag they all (laughs) share and uh with the rest of the world so i think they do feel like they um have something more to prove that uh prove to the public that last year wasn't a fluke and that they can get back to the same spot so um there's a lot that goes into whether the hype overtakes them they have a lot of big games in the preseason that you know, could knock them down a peg and help them refocus. Is that big Duke game looming in the Atlantis tournament? Um, but I think with the group of seniors they got, they're they're a great group, and I think they'll handle it well. All right. And, um, yeah, I guess moving more in towards the lineup here, um, starting with the backcourt, um, obviously a lot of returning talent across the whole team, but uh, how, how do you see the backcourt looking for Wisconsin this year? Yeah, obviously it uh, all starts with Trey Jackson Jackson at the point guard position there. Um, having lost Ben Brust, uh, you're you're gonna look at who who can fill that void shooting, uh, just being that gunner kind of off guard position. And um, Bronson Koenig proved he was uh, very capable of being a starting guard on this team. He's still going to be coming off the bench this year. Uh, he, he's got a good shooting stroke. He can kind of fill that void. Josh Gasser has been really impressive with his three-point shooting the last few years, well over 40%. Um, so I think it'll be just a, by committee replacing brush shooting, but as far as experience and uh, just kind of 
Moxie in that backcourt between Jackson being able to hit clutch shots, Koenig uh, looking wise beyond his years, and then, of course, Gasser is the glue guy on this whole entire team. So um, the backcourt is looking pretty strong. I, you know, that fourth guard position, I think that was really a luxury for them last year, and they don't have that this year. They're looking at a former walk-on, Zach Showalter, a pretty athletic guy, but not known for shooting yet uh, to this point. He redshirted last year. So um, that they don't have that luxury of just having this dynamite fourth guard like they did last year when Koenig was uh, that player. So I don't know if that will really come back to hurt them, but, you know, especially if there would be an injury or something, um, mm-hmm. you know, that you never know. All right. Yeah, it, uh, it'll be an interesting group. Um, I think you could – you can make a strong argument that they're losing their biggest loss uh, comes in the backcourt. So that'll be an interesting thing to watch. But um, yeah, moving, moving on down. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on down to the, uh, more of the wing, um, feel free to include the, uh, you know, fours in here if you want. Um, But uh, how how do you see things shaking up out on the wing? I think it will really be interesting because of the, um, I guess the growth, first of all, the growth spurt that supposedly Sam Decker experienced this off season where I think he, his actual quote was he might have gotten an inch and a half or something um, taller. So he's a little bit taller, more of that stretch four vibe out of him. And he can definitely play both forward spots. He, you know, is so great in transition. He's kind of that classic swing man. Um, and then you have Nigel Hayes expected to uh pop into that starting lineup at power forward, but he's really expanded his game. He's lost some weight. He's looking pretty trim um, and fit out there. Better ball handler. He's gotten comfortable shooting the three-pointer. He could shoot it last year, but we've seen it unleashed in a few games and scrimmages so far. Um, Just looking really comfortable on the perimeter. I think Decker and Hayes could be used interchangeably at either spot there, Um, you know, I'm kind of wondering down the road if Hayes will, when Decker's gone, switch to that small forward position. Um, So I really like their versatility there. They can really kind of interchange folks there. Um, And then you've got, coming off the bench, Duye Dukin. When he's eligible to play again, uh, you know, another classic stretch four. He's supposedly 6'10 now, so just a lot of size in the front court and on the wing for the Badgers right now. Yeah, um, Sam Decker, obviously the, the big piece to watch there. Um, some people have him on All-American list, um, or at least second team. So uh, definitely a big-time player there. But um, mo- moving a bit more towards the front court, which uh, um, I think most people view as uh, the best position for Wisconsin, which is kind of hard to pick. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I, yeah, how, how do you see things shaking out there? Um, yeah, obviously Kaminsky is going to get the lion's share of the minutes because he is one of the top players in the country, um, and they're just going to feed off of him and um, the giant matchup problem he poses for almost every team. Um, so really it becomes a question of keeping him healthy, number one. Um, he's probably the most indispensable player um, that they have. So... The uh, guys available to spell him off the bench would be Vito Brown, um, 6'8", 
guy with length who didn't play last year, the freshman really much at all, but um, he's been improving, recovered from a foot, foot injury, and uh, he should be the primary guy coming off the bench at the more of the center position. Um, and then you've got a true freshman who hasn't decided if he's going to redshirt Ethan Happ, uh, another 6'8 guy. Uh, just a real like grinder, always fighting for rebounds, loose balls, uh, can handle a little bit. Uh, probably needs to develop a little bit more, uh, you know, just strength-wise. And I think that's probably why he's considering a red shirt, along with just where will the minutes come from for him. But uh, it'll be interesting to see when they open up tomorrow night if he ends up playing or if he ends up sitting and taking that red shirt. Because um, those are the two two of the bigger guys off the bench besides uh, Dewey Dukin, who could maybe spell Kaminsky. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching Kaminsky all year with his confidence, probably um, at an all-time high, and uh, just really his motivation uh, to live up to the hype. Um, he, he's just got great footwork inside and, of course, a great shooter. Um, and I think he's just uh, a really fun player to watch. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he, um, and uh, a quick note, Kaminsky was the uh, preseason All-Big Ten Player of the Year, you know, voted by the media, quote-unquote. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, do, you, do you think, and you talked a little about the hype, do you think, first off, he can win that award? Um, do you think it might be a challenge playing in the front court versus, you know, the back court? Typically the guards, you know, they handle the ball more often. But, um and on top of that, do you do you think there's potentially a Big Ten team that can stop him or put someone out there who can slow him down at least? Um, yeah, I guess I'll answer those in reverse order here. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> last year, obviously, we saw Kentucky. They were able to throw a lot of big athletic bodies, um, kind of neutralize him to some extent, although I kind of think that was a bit overblown. He was able to pass out of those situations and get it to teammates who were doing just fine. I mean, they took him down to the wire, had a lead for a lot of the game against Kentucky, just with Frank facilitating um, for his teammates. So um, I guess that's kind of a tangent I could go off on to, but I won't. Um, they were able to throw those big bodies and make the ball, get the ball out of his hands. Big Big guys coming in waves in the Big Ten. Nobody's got it like Kentucky, but um, you know you have teams like uh, Minnesota, who um, their big guys had a decent showing. Mo Walker had a decent showing against Wisconsin. They also have Elliott Eliason uh, back there, so they have some big dudes uh, who they can kind of run up against. Frank, um, I'm trying to think of some other teams like that, but they're. You know who has two seven footers on their on their team? Not not many guys. And really, yeah, AJ Hammonds. They got a new freshman, so maybe that's something uh, that would be a matchup problem for him. But you know, outside of Minnesota, nobody really jumps to the forefront of my mind. Michigan State's a little weak inside this year. Uh, I like Gavin Schilling, but you know he's still young. I don't know who's going to end up getting their minutes up front. They're always tough, you know, inside. They'll always find somebody to, you know, tick other teams off at that power forward position. So um, the thing with 
Kaminsky is uh, the ability to take guys off the dribble that really kind of, even if you double him, he can dribble out of it. Um, so it, it's a really tough matchup for pretty much every team in the Big Ten. And uh, I guess your first question was, can he live up to the hype? Um, I think for both he and Decker, the hype is, you know, kind of gotten a little out of control. I don't know that a player in the Wisconsin offense can be a national player of the year. Just the, they don't put up the stats that, um, you know, a lot of writers and fo- folks in the media are looking for to proclaim as a, a national mm-hmm. player of the year or even first team um, All-American. That's just really tough to do when you don't have the ball in your hands uh, as much as a guard, like you mentioned. So I, I think it will be tough for him to reach that high a height. Um, but, you know, stranger things have happened. Jordan Taylor was first team All-American, I believe. Uh, I could be wrong on that, but from some publications. So it has happened before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mo- moving more towards some of the uh, maybe the unknowns about Wisconsin this year, which are few, I will mention. But uh, <laughs> um, the incoming recruits, um, obviously a small class this year. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Uh, I touched on Ethan Happ a little bit. Uh, he was a guy who came from a pretty small school in Illinois, over on the Iowa-Illinois border, Rockridge um, High School, and he averaged close to 30 points a game, I believe, uh, as a senior um, and was all an all-state pick. Um, so the thing that jumps out to you there is, coming in, was he going to be able to produce when up against more talent? Um, but in the summer, we did see him participate in kind of an international competition, the Albert Schweitzer Tournament in Germany, I believe, and he was named MVP of that. Um, just uh, did whatever the team needed. He was able to hit threes, rebound, block shots, um, really kind of dominated several of the games over there, um, kind of proved that he was he was for real and um, was the go-to guy on that team. So he's done nothing in practices to dispel that notion. He's, you know, on a team where they've got, you know, four solid uh, court options in Hayes, Decker, Kaminsky, Dukin, he's really pushed Vito Brown for that, uh, the next in line minutes there, even though it seems like there's no minutes to go around. So... I think the staff uh, really would would like to use him this year in spot minutes, but uh, they haven't been able to tell him how many minutes to expect, so he's still mulling whether he wants to, you know, redshirt and play, you know, as a fifth-year senior possibly uh-huh. uh, and go that route. But I, I know that the staff is really excited about having him. So he is the uh, one scholarship player that they're bringing in in this class. Um so, like you said, it is a small class. They have uh, two other walk-on players um, in addition to Zach Walter, who uh, redshirted last year. So, I guess you could consider him a newcomer, too, at guard. Um, the, uh, I'll just mention, go through them quickly. T.J. Schlunt was a guy who... Uh, uh, both of the guys were Wisconsin guys, but he showed a pretty good shooting stroke. Uh, in the red-white scrimmage and during practices. Um, and he's got good size for an off-guard. He's going to be taking a red shirt, so maybe they could see him contributing at the two-guard 
three position down the line in a few years. Um, and the other guard uh, is Matt Ferris from the Appleton area. Um, he is not taking a red shirt from what I've heard. So, um, you know, those will be guys you look to uh, work the guys over on the as part of the scout team and hopefully contribute down the line. All right. Yeah. Um, it'll, I think, I think you're definitely right on there. Um, it's going to be tough to get time, but, uh, definitely could be useful, um, especially down the line. But, uh, yeah, moving back towards, um, maybe this year a little bit more, um, obviously Wisconsin has a lot of, a lot of talent coming back, but, um, who, who do you think could be the quote unquote X factor for this season? Um, feel free to define that term however you want, but uh, how do you, how do you how do you see that working out? Um, who do you think could be that person this year? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you could go so many different directions on this team with that. Um, <laughs> you know, you you kind of know what you're gonna get out of guys like uh, Josh Gosser, even Frank Kaminsky. He proved last year throughout the year that you know he's one of the most talented guys on the team. Um, so for me, it really comes down to, uh, Sam Decker and Bronson Koenig. Um, Decker, of course, has had tons of hype. Um, he's got the raw skills and, um, you know, it's just laid out right in front of him to kind of be, be the guy everyone was hoping for him to be the McDonald's all American type of guy. Um, with all the attention on Frank Kaminsky, you know, that opportunity is there. Uh, he just needs to step up, be a little more consistent. Um, you know, he's got to work on his ball handling skills a little bit, be able to take some guys off the dribble. Um, excellent in transition. He just has kind of the total package um, now that he's bulked up a little bit. And um, so I think he could really push Wisconsin to the next level where they're really one of those national title uh, favorites throughout the year if he steps up and meets his potential here. Um, and then I mentioned Koenig because obviously looking to replace Brust, you definitely need to have a strong third guard. Um, he sh- looked like he is up to the task, and he also uh, gives you the opportunity if Trayvon Jackson's, you know, being bad Trey for a few minutes here or there, <laughs> you can put Koenig in. Be comfortable with him running the show, getting the ball out of Jackson's hands, even letting Jackson play off the ball a little bit, um, and just mixing and matching your guards there. Um, we we don't know how how good Kanan could be, but he looks like he might be a special point guard for Bull Ryan. So um, I can't really pick one, but as far as you know, how far can the Badgers go? I think it comes down to how well Ducker and Kanan are playing. All right, yeah. Um... Definitely, definitely solid choices. Um, be interesting to see how the uh, those guys uh, factor in this year. Um, but uh, yeah, moving more towards a little bit more uh, prediction-based things here. Um, do you have a bold prediction about this team? Um, I did kind of touch on a few earlier in the year. Um, just. I think I said Koenig would lead the team in assists. That um, probably is not a widely held belief. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know about too many super bold ones. I could I could easily see <laughs> Nigel Hayes uh, being second on the team in scoring. 
Um, it just kind of depends, you know, <laughs> how aggressive Decker's being this year. He, he was, of course, him and Frank Kaminsky basically scored about the same per game last year leading the team. Um, but Hayes really has worked on his game pretty diverse, and he's going to be getting a few more minutes now. So um, he really is a nice piece to have, and I could see them. Well, with how much he gets to the line, first of all, if he can just make a few more of his free throws, his uh, points per game is going to shoot up there. So I look for Hayes to be a really nice scorer on this team. Interesting, yeah. Um, I, I think my bold prediction is that I think they're going to miss the NCAA tournament. Um, Whoa. I'm just kidding. Headlines. <laughs> Uh, I'll probably get destroyed on Twitter for that. Um, Just say you thought it was April 1st or something. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, why don't we we move into the the meat of this thing here? Um, What are your season predictions here? Um, Obviously, they're the the overwhelming Big Ten favorite, but um, even even NCAA, are they going to make the postseason, obviously, but uh, how far... Um, anything like that. Yeah. Um, as far as preseason, I think they win the Atlantis battle for Atlantis. Um, they'll play either Florida or Georgetown, and then they could wind up playing North Carolina. Um, but I think they win that. They get some good wins on their resume. Duke is going to be a toss up, even though it's at the Cole center. Um, tickets for that are already going for like three, 400 bucks. Um, that's going to be huge for them. But you're really going to see them come into Big Ten play having, you know, played some tough games. So the way the schedule lays out for them in Big Ten play, they get a few breaks um, on their schedule, not one of the tougher schedules. So I'd say I'd predict them to go ahead and win the Big Ten regular season title. Um, Finally, it's been several years for them. So I think they've got the pieces and the schedule to do that. Um, I haven't gone through game by game yet, but um, I think yeah. they'll, they'll probably, I mean, last year they, they looked horrible for that five-game stretch or whatever it was. Just yeah. awful at the time. I was on vacation and I checked my phone to see the Northwestern score and I that was like I was dreaming and couldn't wake up. That was just ridiculous. So, you know, they will they will drop a game that they shouldn't in Big Ten play. It's a tough conference, um, but I still see them prevailing um, over Ohio State and uh, Michigan State, Nebraska. Um, when it comes to the tournament, then you know it all comes down to the draw and how how hot they are at the time. Um, so that that is really hard to predict. I I certainly think if they don't get to the Elite Eight, that's going to be a pretty disappointing end of the season no matter how it happens, just because of how loaded they are. And especially if they do win that Big Ten title, they're going to get a high seed. They're going to have things laid out pretty nice. So uh, I look for them to get to the Elite Eight at least. Yeah, um, I have I have Wisconsin first in the Big Ten. Um, yeah, I went with the safe pick. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, think, um, I think you do bring up a good point about the um, – Wisconsin's low low point last year, you know, when they lost to Northwestern at home, when they really just weren't playing very well. Um, and, and I think that's going to be a big thing to watch with this Wisconsin team is uh, clearly they are talented, clearly they're proven, um, and they're, rel- they're a lot 
deeper um, than I think people think. But um, they are – every team goes through a low point, even if they're just not playing well but still winning. Um, every every team goes through that. And I think the big thing is going to be when does Wisconsin go through theirs, at least in terms of the Big Ten. Um, for instance, that uh, one, one of the things I've brought up on several uh, – I don't know about several podcasts, but I brought up, you know, on one of these podcasts at least, <laughs> um, the team who I have predicted uh, second in the Big Ten is Michigan. And um, one of the things that I brought up is Wisconsin only plays Michigan once, and it's in Ann Arbor. Um, mm-hmm. Granted, Wisconsin could win the conference by several games. Um, I don't think anybody would be surprised by that. But um, they're going through a bad stretch then, or at least a not great stretch they drop that game suddenly you know it could be it could be a tur- you know a turner at least in the regular season title um again i'm still i still think wisconsin wins the, the regular season uh title but um it's definitely something to keep an eye on um cuz i i think just in general every team's going to have at least a a rough stretch here or there but um yeah, yeah definitely I... oh go ahead <laughs> Oh, no, I'm just agreeing with you. I'm actually looking at the schedule right now, and um, that Michigan game um, is a, you know, it's a few games, probably the uh, second quarter of the Big Ten season there is Nebraska and Iowa at home, then at Michigan and at Iowa. So that is a tough four-game stretch there. And like you say, if they stumble at home against Iowa or Nebraska and then have to go uh, to Michigan, that's a tough game if, you know, something isn't quite right with them at the time and then a few, few games tough to finish the year. So there are a few trouble spots in that schedule. And, and, um, yeah. And one one thing to note about that Michigan game as well, um, I said it when it was first announced, but I literally would bet 100 bucks that college game day will be there for that game because it's on a Saturday. Clearly it's going to be a big game. <laughs> um, yeah. At least, you know, looking from, looking from now it's going to be. Um, so and will students I think be it, back for that one? Um, I'm trying to think what what the date uh, is on that the one. Twenty fourth, January twenty fourth. So I don't know when Michigan yeah. gets back. But. Yeah, Michi- Michigan should be back for that. Uh, the yeah, students. So, be huge. Um, I think. Yeah, I mean it'll be a big game. Um, and and that's another thing you know I've talked about uh, in some of the podcasts is is that um. You know, Wisconsin's going to get the best out of everyone this year, which, uh, you know, obviously they're a good program, so they're going to get challenged. But, you know, sometimes it is when you're facing a sellout crowd every night, you know, it's the biggest ticket on every team's schedule. You know, sometimes that, that wears on a team, you know, over the course of a season. But um, still, obviously, you know, we're nitpicking at this point. But, uh, <laughs> right. But, um, yeah, I mean, definitely, and I, and I think definitely – Oh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I just want to touch on one thing quickly because you, you brought up a good point of, you know, just going into a little more detail about when they had hit that lull last year, it really was all about their defense and how they kind of were slacking off. Um, and so I think that's maybe just an obvious thing that people are overlooking because of everything else. But, you know, the guys getting extra minutes here, like Nigel Hayes, more of an offensive player um, in his first mm-hmm. season. You, you can't say just by bringing everybody back, um, they're a greatly improved defensive team. 
Um, so that will be interesting to watch. Uh, they get a little more size with Russ being out of the lineup. Maybe, maybe that helps. Maybe it doesn't. Um, but will be something to watch how the big guys play the pick and roll. That was a weakness. Um, you know, Kaminsky hopefully has gotten better at that. Um, and then I, I guess since Decker is my X factor, I really think it does come down to him when he started hitting the boards and defending a little harder. Uh, they they kind of snapped out of that last year. So if they can maintain that uh, intensity throughout the year, they'll be in good shape to avoid a five-out-of-six stretch like they had. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I don't I don't really anticipate it. Um, but, you know, like, like we said, you never know if they get a little out of sync, um, especially with how deep the Big Ten is this year. Um, it's just every every game, you know, it's going to be a challenge, you know, regardless of who you're playing. But uh, yeah, yeah, Phil, so thanks thanks for calling in. Um, appreciate yeah. it. Um, and all the comments, my interesting stuff on Wisconsin. But uh, any any final thoughts before we go here about Wisconsin? You know, the Big Ten, uh, college basketball starting in general over the next couple of days. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I guess I was going to ask. Is, Sounds like you have uh, Wisconsin first, Michigan second. Who do you have uh, three and four? I three and four. Um, let me pull this up because I forget. Um, I know I have Nebraska and Ohio State in some order. I want to say Ohio State third. Um, mm-hmm. Just let me just pull this up real quick. <laughs> 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 uh, I probably should know that. Sorry this, to put you on I, the spot. Uh, I've already forgotten oh, my picks nope. too, so I don't blame you. I have Ohio State third, Nebraska fourth. So yeah, like like I said, um, but uh, yeah, I think it. Uh, I, I've kind of grouped them in tiers. I have Wisconsin kind of in their own tier above everyone, which again, y- you never know. Um, like last year, Michigan State was supposed to be in their own tier, and obviously that didn't happen. <laughs> but uh, yeah. but um, yeah, um, that's who I have. But I think it'll be. Uh, I think there's just going to be a lot of a lot of great games. That's what I'm looking forward to this year. Yeah, definitely. So, All right, well, yeah, thanks, man, thanks I for calling you in, having Phil. me on. <laughs> yeah, um, and you can check out you can check out Phil on uh, Bucky's Fifth Quarter. That's the Wisconsin SB Nation site. So, uh, thanks again, Phil. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. All right, well, we are going to move on to Ohio State, the Buckeyes, who posted the best conference record over the last four years. And to help us out, we have. Uh, Matt, uh, Matt, can you hear me? Oh, looks like it, uh, I think his call just got screwed up, but <laughs> hopefully he'll call back in, uh, in a couple seconds, but, um, yeah, we, uh, we're going to move on to Ohio State then. Um, again, Matt is from, uh, Land Grant Hoyland. I think he's back on. <laughs> Matt, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can. Yeah, I think something got messed up with the the phone there for a second. <laughs> no, um, why don't you introduce? That's, that, that's okay. <laughs> why don't you uh, introduce yourself real quick? You bet. Uh, I, I'm Matt Brown. I am one of the uh, the two co-managers for Land Grant Holy Land, our Ohio State website here on SB Nation, and uh, along with my colleague Luke Zimmerman, I'm also the uh, college league manager for SB Nation. So I oversee. Uh, all of our college blogs and and uh, and help everyone. So even though I'm very Ohio State centric, I'm kind of touching uh, just about everybody on some level. 
Yeah, yeah, that's uh, definitely exciting for the the Big Ten relation here. But uh, um, so yeah, why don't we why don't we jump right into Ohio State here? Um, coming into the year, they uh, made the round of sixty four last year. A lot of change in the roster. Um, what are, what are your general you know ex- expectations and thoughts coming into this year? So I am more excited about this Ohio State basketball team than I have been for a couple of seasons, and not necessarily because I think Ohio State is going to uh, compete for a national title or anything, because I don't think they will, or, or even necessarily be a really deep tournament team. Um, but one of, the, one of the hallmarks of Ohio State the last two seasons has been, like, thoroughly unwatchable offense, like extre- <laughs> a, a extremely good team defense. You're not going to – Ohio State's going to be in any game they play but they just couldn't buy a shot. And so it, was, it, was, it wasn't it was fun to watch them. And now, uh, even though, you know, Aaron Kraft is gone and obviously Buckeye fans are going to miss him a lot, there are some of the, the, the new blood within this program, both uh, from freshmen and some freshmen coming off red shirts and even a, a graduate transfer, that there's going to be people who are going to be able to make shots. Bad Mod is you know, coaching this team, so obviously they're going to still be able to play great team defense, but it should be a lot more watchable. And it's going to be a very deep team because there's probably nine or ten guys on this roster who, could potentially play 20 minutes a night. And Ohio State can go big, they can go small. And it's a little interesting for me, to, for me as, a, as an Ohio State fan, is even like through these you know, November, December games that are playing these you know, absolute dog crap RPI 300 schools, yeah. it's going to be interesting for me to see what kind of looks Ohio State is able to, to put out as you know, lineup-wise and, and minutes-wise. And because other than Shannon Scott playing point guard and uh, Mir Williams, at least starting at center, um, I, there's, there's so many different other combinations for how people are going to be able to fit in here, and it's going to be. I, I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty, which is which is different for Ohio State, but it's in a good way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, they have, I think, pretty convincingly the the Big Ten's best recruiting class this year. So uh, a lot of new exciting yeah. pieces. Um, new, you know, the new car busting it in. <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, move, moving into more of the, the X's and O's, so to speak, here. Um, in the backcourt, obviously, you know, you're losing uh, Aaron Court, uh, Aaron Court, Aaron Kraft and uh, Lindell Smith. Um, who, who do you see moving in there? Um, how do you see them uh, factoring in this season? Sure. So, you know, I feel pretty confident that, that, the, that the point guard and the guy who's going to see a ton of minutes during, the, during you know, each game is going to be Shannon Scott. Uh, Scott played in the backcourt alongside Kraft a lot last season. Um, he, he was his backup before, a very highly regarded recruit. And now he's a senior and, uh, you know, would, would have started, uh, you know, the last two years. But, you know, when you have a, a individual on the ball defender of Kraft's caliber, you really can't keep him off the floor. Uh, Scott is somebody who I think could be maybe 80% of the defender that Kraft is. He's, he's still very good in that right. Uh, a little bit of a better shooter. And all of the reports uh, out of camp have been that he's that he's taken a big step up uh, on offense, especially with his ability to get to the basket. Um, the Ohio State doesn't really have a backup point guard, so he's he, they, they need him to stay healthy. They need him to stay on the court. He's gonna he's gonna be playing a lot. Uh, freshman uh, D'Angelo Russell, I think, who's kind of at this point probably the the consensus or at least the overwhelming favorite to be the Big Ten Freshman of the Year. Uh, he's a, a six-four, five-star shooting guard, but somebody who has the ball-handling skills to, I think, spell Scott uh, at the backup point guard if, if, he, if he needs to come off the court. It's not, I'm not sure whether he's going to start at the two-guard or come off the bench, but he's going to play a lot. And he, he might end up being Ohio State's best perimeter scorer. 
their best long long range threat. He looked great uh, in the in the preseason in that exhibition. Um, and then from there, it's it's going to be interesting. Cam Williams was a, a big four star guy out of I believe Baltimore, and uh, he got mono <laughs> right before the season started last oh, year. Uh, and we ended up they ended up having to redshirt him. So he's that that redshirt comes off now. He's he's definitely going to be in the rotation. Um, I think might be a little bit more raw, but is a shooter. And I, I think given Ohio State's uh, glaring deficiencies in that regard from last season, uh, anybody who's able to consistently make buckets is going to be able to get some time in the rotation. So those, I think those those uh, those three guys are going to be the people that are going to get the bulk of the minutes at the at the one and the two spot. Mm, interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. You, you brought up Russell, and um, definitely, you know, if he's not if he's not number one, he's right up there with everyone for uh, freshman of the year. Um, definitely a, a guy for people to keep their eyes out on this year. But um, yeah, sli- sliding down a b- little bit, um, more towards the wing. Um, obviously, Sam Thompson. But uh, who? First off, how, how do you see him factoring in this season? And um, who else do you see playing a role out on that wing this year? So, so this is this I think is is really the very interesting thing here because there's a lot of guys that can that can be that can slide into these three four spots. Um, Sam Thompson is somebody who I imagine is going to start uh, on on opening day. The, his athleticism uh, is already well known to Big Ten fans. He he might very well be the best dunker in this conference. Um, there's going if you follow Land Grant on Twitter, you're going to see a lot of all capitals like Slam Thompson dot gif, and then followed by a gif in a couple of seconds. Uh, <laughs> Um, his, uh, you know, if we're, if we're going to break that guy down, he's he's he's, he's stupid athletic, uh, great at getting the basket, a, a a very good individual defender, but has the tendency to disappear in games. Um, not somebody who has an extremely reliable jump shot. You know, every year we hear about this, this is when he's going to be able to, to get that. I mean, he has the potential to be like a three and D guy in the NBA. Uh, he just needs to be able to shoot that three part a little bit better. So he, 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 he's going to, he's going to be getting a lot of time. He's going to be there. But then who else fills out that spot is depends a lot on, on uh, the opponents and the foul situation. I think you're going to see a lot of Mark loving. Uh, he was Ohio state's lone freshman who played last year. He's six, seven, a former Ohio Mr. Basketball. Um, he also weirdly enough got the flu a little while ago and apparently lost like eight pounds. <laughs> In one day, wow. so he might he, he might wow. take him a little while to to I mean he's he's kind of skinny dude anyway, so it's gonna take him a little while I think to be able to build up the bulk to go to bang down low, um, but he's somebody who you know could be a ten point per game scorer. He he, he rebounds fairly well. I think has the potential uh, to become a plus defender. He really wasn't that way last year, uh, but he's gonna see some time. And then you've got a, a couple of freshmen, uh, Deshaun Tate. Six uh, four guy out of uh, out of Pickerington, Ohio. It's a South Columbus suburb. Six um, four plays like he's six seven, six eight. Just a a, a, a bulldog of a, of a rebounder. Wants to get into the basket. Uh, and has really a, a very high motor guy, and is really impressed uh, in the preseason. It's going to be hard to keep him off the court. And then also uh, Kiana Bates Diop, who's a six seven and a freshman out of Normal, Illinois. Another four star guy. Uh, somebody who I, I think is maybe a little bit more of a prototypical three. Um, I think he might be a little bit more raw, but it's also somebody who I think is going to get a lot of time on the court before Big Ten play, and then we'll see how he fits in the rotation. Uh, I would I would guess that Thompson and Loving are going to see the majority of minutes there. 
But um, it wouldn't shock me if either of those two freshmen supplant them or depending on how Ohio State wants to go, uh, given that they don't have a ton of depth at the, at the true four and five spot. Um, to, to play Thompson and some of those other guys there together. You know, the, the, the only other, like, I guess, true big man is Anthony Lee, who's the, a graduate transfer out of Temple. Uh, I think he's like 6'9". Um, and I think a lot of Ohio State fans, when he came in, were like, okay, great, we don't have to play Amir Williams anymore. A lot of Buckeyes hate, hate Amir. Um, but Lee is probably more suited as a, as a power forward, someone to play with a rim protector. Um, but when he's off the court and he's not somebody who's going to play 30 minutes a night, then you can do Thompson, Thompson Loving, or you know Thompson Tate, or, or play both those guys at the same time. Hmm. Interesting. Um, speaking of, speaking of Anthony Lee, um, front court obviously you mentioned a little bit of an area of concern for Ohio State fans over the last few years. But um, how, how do you see things shaking out there? And can Amir, you know, turn into that? Uh, the center that uh, Ohio State fans want him to be. <laughs> you know, it's 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 strange, right? Like, um, I think again, if you, if you go on Twitter or if you go read an Ohio State message board, uh, <laughs> this guy you know, he'll, he'll be made out to be like the, the biggest bust ever. And we at Land Grant Holy Land are definitely the drivers of the bandwagon of Amir Williams does not suck nearly as bad as the internet makes him out to be. Uh, which which <laughs> isn't to say that he's uh, going to make all Big Ten second team or anything, but he is one of the best rim protectors uh, in the Big Ten. Um, mm-hmm. and we, now, he came in as a McDonald's All-American, and this was on, on the heels of Jared Sollinger, Costa Kufis, B.J. Mullins, who sucked, but we remember he was, like, he was the second-best recruit in that entire class. Um, and then Greg Odin. So you had this gigantic run of these great Buckeye big men, and then, okay, Amir's going to step in there, and then it turns out that he's completely unable to catch the ball in the post. And he checks out of the games, and for somebody of his size, doesn't rebound but he's gotten better every season. And for a big guy, he actually shoots free throws pretty well. So I think, I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, a lot of these early games, I'm going to expect Ohio State to be able to try to establish him early, keep him mentally engaged in the game, see if he can put up 10 and 6, which is definitely possible, and, uh, and push around some of these guys who are starting, you know, starting 6, 7, 6, 8 uh, post players to get in the confidence and the rhythm he needs for Big Ten play. I My, my gut right now is that Anthony Lee, is not going to be the difference maker that some Ohio State fans want him to be. He is a, you know, if you look at the advanced statistics, he's a very good rebounder. And he has some shooting range that, uh, not three-point range, but like 15-foot range that Amir absolutely does not have. But uh, also has a tendency to take some bad shots and is not always the best uh, individual defender. And that's a great recipe for not being on the court very long. Uh, and modest offense. So, you know, I, you know, and if you talk about your Temple fans who have been watching it for a while, they're like, uh, you know, the, the, the box score numbers are nice, but they might be a little bit empty. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, he comes in and plays 10, 15 minutes and then, you know, is, uh, is the Ohio State goes a little bit smaller um, and, and, uh, and, and instead, of, instead of having him as an answer. I, I, like, I like Williams to make a couple other small steps. Like, he's not going to be A.J. Hammond. He's not going to be Kaminsky or, you know, even 60% of Kaminsky. But because he he has the potential, you know, if he makes another incremental leap to be a good enough defender and and, and not take things off the table for Ohio State to be the second, third best team in the Big Ten, yeah, I think so. If he gets hurt uh, and Trey McDonald has to be that guy, then Ohio State's in a lot of trouble. So he's, he's love him or hate him, this Ohio State basketball team needs Amir Williams and, and needs Lee. Uh, to do something if they if they want to reach their goals. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, definitely. He, he definitely will be one of the, the interesting guys to watch to see if Ohio State can live up to some of the hype um, this year. But uh, talk, talking about some of the hype, um, obviously Ohio State's recruiting class is pretty uh, highly rated this year. Um, normally, normally I'd ask about the recruiting class, but we've kind of already run through most of it. Um, so so yeah. who's somebody who Ohio State fans may not have heard about as much but could could play a – um, could have an impact this season. Um, for on, on this on this team, I think the one guy that's, that's flying under the radar is, is Cam Williams, and that's just because Ohio State didn't get the fans didn't get to watch him last season. He, he, he was out the whole year. He was somebody that was slotted in, you know, maybe to kind of do, be what what we wanted Amadeo to be, uh, someone to help provide some spacing because I, I think perimeter shooting. Uh, is at best an unknown for this team and probably going to be a little bit of a weakness. I, I think it would be better than it was last year where they really struggled. Um, but you're going to have to be able to provide that spacing and be able to make those shots to be successful in Big Ten play. And uh, there's a lot of the veterans and returning players in this team are they're, they're inconsistent at that. And that's something that, that Williams could potentially project and help with. Um, I'm, you know, from what I've seen of Russell and from what I've heard from people who are who are at practice, like all of that hype seems to be justified right now. But I wouldn't be shocked if if uh, there's that we have at least one like proverbial Camille game where he goes off and you know buries four threes and gets 17 points, and that's the reason Ohio State, you know, is able to to, to shrug off uh, a Maryland team or something when everybody else is off and the team is shooting 39%. And you know, Cam is the reason that the, the day has been saved. Uh, so I, I I wouldn't sleep on him. Um, little a, a lot of guys who are who are going to be able to, to make a difference here, and that's going to be one of the exciting things about this team is that there may not be one superstar. There might be a Mark Loving game and a Sam Thompson game and a Shannon Scott, and you know, maybe those might be might be a little bit more expected. But I wouldn't sleep on Camp. It's uh, it's entirely possible. Yeah, yeah, definitely uh, a lot a lot of interesting guys coming in. Um, it'll be uh, obviously. Probably the biggest storyline of Ohio State season. Who who's the biggest factors on that in that class? But uh, yeah. moving back towards more of the more of the team here, um, who who do you think could be the X factor for this team? Um, who and you can feel free to define that however you want. Um, but who who do you think could play that role for Ohio State to really take them them to that next level? I mean, it's 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 that's tough. Like, if you want to do X Factor as you know a, a most important role player, um, I think that has to be Amir Williams. In part because uh, there's still a lot of untapped potential there. In part because I don't think that this conference is extremely deep with uh, with big men. Um, and, and in part because uh, this this is that's, that's the position where House has the least depth. Um, I don't think Trevor Bounds very good. Um, and that, I think people who have watched him uh, would would agree. And uh, if, if he gets hurt or if he becomes you know consistently ineffective, the Buckeyes are going to be at a really big disadvantage rebounding and preventing you know interior offense throughout the the bulk of this season. If he is healthy and he is able to stay on the court and is able to to you know, again you know we're not, we're not asking for a four and a four or five star gigantic performance here. Um, but that that defense and you know a little bit more attention to the to the defensive glass uh, could really really catapult I think Ohio State's team defense to a, a level similar to what it was last year, and then with a little more outside shooting they're going to be very tough to stop. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I I definitely agree. I think uh, I I think he at least on paper to me looks like the biggest question mark. Well, not question mark, but uh, quote unquote. You can say question mark in the line. line. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think of a, the right term here, but <laughs> um, I, I, I guess you know an, an enigma, an enigma wrapped in a paradox in a puzzle. That's uh, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the Amir story <laughs> throughout the Ohio State year. I mean, Twitter's a question mark. That's fine. Uh, I think maybe Ohio Twitter might want to use a question mark, ampersand, like exclamation mark, like anything that you might use to be able to simulate profanity. <laughs> Those might be just some best assigned uh, to the uh, Mr. Williams. Yeah, definitely. Um, so he'll he'll be very intriguing to watch this year, and he probably will have a yeah. big impact on how this team, you know, ends up performing. But um, talking about how this team performs, um, what do you see first as the biggest strength of this team? And then what do you see as the, the biggest weakness um, coming into this year? Yeah. So the biggest, that's a, that's a good question. The, the two biggest strengths I would say would be overall depth. Um, uh, typically a sad mono team for Ohio State goes maybe seven deep typically six with starters logging, you know, 33 minutes a game, and then you'll have one six-man, uh, which can be fine, but then especially getting off physical this conference is people kind of wear down a little bit. This team goes 9-10 deep. Um, it's very deep, I think, on the wing and, you know, within that three and four spot, meaning, they, you know, they can sustain an injury there, uh, and they can that, – that's so critical for the kind of forming defense uh, that this team plays. And that's the other big advantage is that there's a lot of people on here – who are already who are experienced and are plus individual defenders, and some of these young guys project uh, to be very strong defenders. And uh, Mata preaches that defense. Ohio State is known for that. They always have one of the, the near the top of Ken Palm in, in defensive efficiency. Mm-hmm. And if you're able to do that, even if you're having a cold streak shooting the ball, which is possible, you're going to be in every game. Um, there's not you know there's not a ton of 80 to 80 games uh, in, in Big Ten play. And, and so being able to, to pressure people into being inefficient with the basketball, being able to force turnovers and get in transition, those are things that Ohio State has historically done really well, and I would expect them to be able to do really well this season. Uh, so that's exciting. In terms of negatives, obviously, you know, there's, there's not a clearly defined alpha dog uh, on this team in a lot of ways. You have a bunch of guys who are pretty good and could lead the team in scoring one night, but maybe there isn't necessarily a guy that you're going to – there's no, there's no Sam Decker on this team, right? There's no there's no Levert. There's no, there's no you know, A-plus, this is the guy that's going to make the first team all Big Ten team necessarily. And then perimeter shooting um, can also be a struggle. You know, Sam Thompson is kind of hit or miss from there, if <laughs> you'll pardon the pun. Shannon Scott historically has been that way. Mark Loving in high school was great at this. Hasn't shown he can do that right now at the college level. I've been here a bunch of freshmen. And, uh, you know, those freshmen are four- and five-star recruits, and they're very well regarded, and chances are at least one or two of them is going to hit. But they're also freshmen. And so that's, a, that's a, a big responsibility that you're placing on either people who have historically shown to be shaky in that department or unproven. Um, and there, there may be some three for 18 nights uh, this season that are going to really make life difficult for Ohio State or potentially mean they're going to lose a stupid game with these yeah, um, you hit it right on the nail of the head. For at least my perspective, um, definitely, uh, it, it's going to be very intriguing. You know, if you, I guess we, you know, we kind of see it play out almost every year with Kentucky, but uh, <laughs> you know how the uh, yeah. 
how the young players play. You know, it's it's going to be so up and down sometimes, but um, definitely the talent's there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and that's and that's that's happened before with with some Ohio State teams, and it's nice here because um, it's not like Ohio State doesn't need to start four freshmen. They're going to have a senior point guard. They're going to have a senior center. They're probably going to have a senior wing if not starting to play significant minutes. So there's some there's some experience here. It's just, it's just kind of a weird mismatch roster because you've got these you know these seniors and then a bunch of freshmen and sophomores. Um, so in a year or two, assuming that you know more more that not too many people jump over to the NBA, um, then this team could be like this this, this could be a, a terrifying team. For now, uh, it's not quite Kentucky where you're starting four freshmen or, you know, your your veterans are sophomores. But there there definitely is, you know, you're hoping people are going to grow up quickly. And and, and that's one reason that I think it's nice that Ohio State's schedule uh, is probably on the balance their weakest that they've had in a while. I know some Buckeye fans are complaining about this. Like, I think that's crap. (laughs) If you you need a bunch of really young guys to contribute, uh, you know, yes, there's no point in playing Kentucky and Memphis and 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 all of these strong teams go go freaking play Colgate. You know you have freshmen who can play basketball. It's not like the Big Ten is going to have a dearth of RPI boosting opportunities. Since like every single team except for maybe Rutgers is going to be at least good. Um, yeah. So there, there's going to be plenty of opportunities here in December. You know Louisville and North Carolina games, notwithstanding, uh, for Ohio State's young guys to get a lot of experience because. Um, no, that should be able to be a Moorhead State and Colgate and something called the James Madison um, <laughs> by giving it heavy minutes to guys who are 18 and 19. Yeah, uh, yeah, that'll be uh, those will be some thrillers. But uh, <laughs> um, move, yeah, move, I mean, move there's, there's, it's all the all the glamour that we hoped for when we got into blogging, right? Like, I just I want oh, to be yeah. sure that I can be the expert and dominate Twitter when we're playing Sacred Heart. Like, that's, that's how I want to spend my weekend. And like, that's, I don't know, like, that's, that's the dream for me. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's, a, that's, yeah, that's the dream. <laughs> but uh, moving to the, uh, the meat of the, the podcast here, so to speak, um, how do you see Ohio State finishing this season? Um, some predictions on the year, um, how do you see them fitting into the Big Ten, um, and do they do they make the postseason? Which tournament? Um, do they have a shot at making a deep run? Um, how do you, how do you how do you see things shaking out? Sure, that's 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 a, that's a good question. So uh, I'll, I'll start with the Big Ten first, right? Like I, I feel like there's most people are agreeing that Wisconsin is your clear cut favorite, uh, and I'm not mm-hmm. sure it's super close. Um, at least on paper. Ohio State doesn't play Wisconsin until the very last game of the season, uh, which should be interesting. Um, and, you know, that, that, I think that's, that's a decent matchup given the way that the, whether they're set up. But I, w- I would absolutely have the Badgers as, like, your, your prohibitive favorite. And then from there, I feel like there's a group of, like, four or five teams that are relatively close to each other. Uh, Ohio State, mm-hmm. Michigan, Michigan State, and, uh, and Nebraska. I, I would think it's, like, it's like your, next, your next chunk there. Um, and you could kind of talk me into any, well, maybe not Nebraska number two, but you could talk me into, like, any order there, and I wouldn't get mad. Like, I'd probably put Ohio State third. You know, maybe I'd have Michigan State second. That, that's a team that has some flaws. Uh, Michigan probably has mm-hmm. the best individual player of those three, but there's I have some questions about their front court and uh, about about that team, but it's still going to be really good. Um, 
you know, I, I think Ken Palm has them third. Uh, I think they're either second or third in the Big Ten in the Associated Press. Like, all that's fine. And I think Ohio State has the talent to definitely finish in the top four uh, of, of, of this league. Um, and then, like, after Nebraska, um, like, you know, there's another like, five or six teams that I also think are, are relatively equal. And I, I have no way. Like, I have no idea how they're going to go. Like, you want to pitch me as Illinois next? Great. Could be Minnesota. Could be Maryland. Could be Indiana. Hell, it could be Purdue if, if their guys grow really quickly and, and, they, and they're able to, to shoot efficiently from outside. Like, any one of those teams could be good. And then you have uh, Penn State, Northwestern, and Rutgers probably at the bottom. And Penn State and Northwestern are definitely good enough to beat, like, on the given night. Could, could, like, could, well, Penn State beat Ohio State twice last year. Could Penn State do it again this year? You bet. Can New Bill could go crazy. Could Northwestern beat, like, a Michigan or Michigan State, you know, some crappy January game? Absolutely. Um, so I, I, I think that the Buckeyes are well coached enough uh, and have the depth and have the potential star power, if not the established star power, uh, to be able to, you know, I think I think Ohio State could beat either North Carolina or Louisville. I don't think they'll beat both of them um, in the in before Big Ten play. And I think they, they should be in that conversation for a four or five seed. Um, and they're good. I mean, I, 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 you know, a Sweet 16 berth, I think, is definitely within reach. You get the tournament, obviously, all that stuff is very matchup and health dependent, and it could be a great team and Losing the first round, and you can be Dayton, and you can make it to Elite Eight, even though you're not one of the eight best teams. And no, I'm not so bitter about freaking Dayton. Um, so <laughs> we'll, we'll see. But you know, do, you know, at the end of the year, could Ohio State be one of the, you know, in the round of the best 16 teams in the country? Yeah, I think I think that's a reasonable goal for this team. Yeah, I, do, I um, I'm kind of I'm kind of on the same plane. I have uh. Ohio State third um, in the Big Ten, right yeah. behind Michigan, ahead of uh, Nebraska. But um, yeah, I, I, this year it was just so hard to pick, um, and part of it's just because the middle's so good. But um, I kind of have them in tiers, and I have Ohio State right in that second tier. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they were second. Wouldn't surprise me, you know, if they were sixth, right in the middle, fighting for a. I, well, I wouldn't say fighting for a fighting to be over 500 in conference play. I just, I, I think yeah. it's that deep, and I think it's, uh, you know, a random game, you know, on the road against Minnesota, sometime in the middle of the year is going to be challenging. You know, it's just none of the games are gimme, so uh, it, it's going to be really yeah. interesting to watch, Ex- especially you know, um, you you talked a little bit about you know, um, Ohio State starting some younger guys, how quick they could, you know come on, you know. If uh, if they struggle into January, I mean that could put them, you know, behind the eight ball, and then you got to catch up, um, which one, could be tough. <laughs> one, one, yeah, one one thing that I'd interject here that I think will, will be helpful to Ohio State is the way the schedule breaks. Um, it's you know the the, the introduction of the Big Ten slate to the extent that you know a Big Ten schedule can be manageable, uh, it breaks that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Buckeyes only play Wisconsin once. They only play Michigan State once. They only play Nebraska once. Um, mm-hmm. And they get Wisconsin at home. Um, and then, you mm-hmm. know, they, 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 some of the teams that they double up are teams that uh, are, I mean, they're, they're not going to be bad. They're going to be good enough to, to help give Ohio State these computer numbers. But if you had to, like, you know, draw up an ideal Big Ten schedule, I think that that's, they're, they're, in, they're in a place mm-hmm. where that's, that's better. And, you know, Wisconsin's last game of the year, their road trips to Michigan and Michigan State are, are in late February. They don't play Nebraska ever until February 26th. So if they're struggling a little bit, 
like that's good because if your if your first five games are Iowa, Illinois, at Minnesota, at Indiana, and then like Northwestern, um, you know you can lose some of those. But if you're struggling, like I'd much rather play those teams than you know have my Michigan strip. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they if they if they're growing up, um, they're, they're 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 playing their toughest games at the end, and I think that that will will buy them a little bit of flexibility. Um, so you know. 500 would surprise me a little bit, but this is a conference that should get at least seven bids in the tournament. Uh, and 500 is definitely yeah. good enough, I think, to, to get you at least a nine spot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think, um, I I mean, again, yeah, I'm definitely not predicting 500. Uh, but, uh, but um, yeah, I, I just think, uh, I think that middle group, it's, it's going to, you know, it's going to be a lot of ties. It's going to be a lot of one team, you know, yep. they finish fourth and they're like a game ahead of the seventh team, you know, something like that. But, uh, um, yeah, Ohio State will be a, they'll be a fun team to watch. I think, uh, as you mentioned, you know, at the beginning, maybe a little bit more fun than the last couple of years, but, uh, um, yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming on though, Matt. Um, if do you have any, uh, final thoughts about, uh, Ohio State, um, the big 10 in general, College basketball starting um, before we go. <laughs> yeah, I, I you know. I just add that I'm I'm really excited about this. I, you know, obviously it's preaching the choir here. I think for your listeners, but I tell folks that uh, not to sleep on the beginning of the season. Uh, Ohio State's you know football is probably going to be over in about three weeks. There's still going to be a lot of really good basketball played and really good basketball played from a, a lot of league teams. This is this is for my money is still the best college basketball league. In the country, it's, I think it's better than the ACC, and then from there, I don't think it's super close. Uh, so definitely, definitely worth watching. You can follow us um, if you want some more in-depth Ohio State-related coverage. We're at Land Grant 33. Um, we, I think, cover basketball better than any Ohio State blog, and that's going to continue this year. Uh, and I'm at uh, Matt SBN, and uh, we have our, our own bi-weekly podcast called Hang Out in the Homeland, where we cover uh, a lot of Ohio State sports, and that will progressively be moving towards basketball. So on the off chance that you're like, I, I I, love the Big Ten, but I just really need more Ohio State in my life. And for some reason, I'm not already a dedicated fan of LGHL. Well, you're in luck, my friend, because uh, that bandwagon uh, still has plenty of room. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely I couldn't agree more. I think, uh, I think you guys do a great job over there. Um, highly recommend uh, – uh, checking them out if you are an Ohio State fan or even if you're just interested in following the team. Uh, <laughs> but uh, all right, yeah. again, again, Matt, th- thanks for coming on. And uh, you bet. Um, thanks. <laughs> yeah, you, you have a good night, fellas. <laughs> right. Yeah, again, that was uh, that was Matt um, from SB Nation and Land Grant Holy Land here on the podcast. Uh, this will conclude our preview series for Big Ten basketball. Um, the games will be starting tomorrow, so yippee. <laughs> um, yeah, before before we go, um, I'll just rip out uh, um, a few predictions here um, just so you we at least have a little, a little Big Ten um, conference chatter here before we start um, you know, gameplay tomorrow, but uh, yeah, I, I I think this is going to be a a year where everybody's looking up at Wisconsin at least early. Um, I do, you know, as Matt was talking about, as I was talking about earlier in the podcast, something to watch is going to be if they do trend down a little bit at a point in the year. When is it? Who do they play? Because um, they're 
there are good teams. There are dangerous other teams. I mean, this isn't, this isn't, uh, you know, the Big East. Um, I'm sure the Big East goes by if people will appreciate that. But, uh, um, you know, this is a very, very talented conference. Almost every team has at least two good players. Um, so this is Wisconsin's conference to lose. Um, keep that in mind going in. Everybody's going to be gunning for them. But, uh, yeah, they're the team to watch. I have them projected number one. Um the other, the other thing that I think a lot of people want to keep in mind this year is that uh, the Big Ten is going to be a conference of change, so to speak, adding Maryland and Rutgers to the fold is obviously pretty big, but there, there's a lot of roster overhaul, too. Um, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Indiana all lost major pieces of their roster, um, a lot of key players, a lot of guys to the NBA draft. Um so I think that's going to be something that will take a little time um, to get to know all these players, see how they factor in, especially the new recruits, um, especially the transfers. But uh, there's a lot of talent coming in, and this is going to be a, a deep conference. It's going to be a fun year. But, uh, yeah, and I, I think I think the final thing, at least general points for me, uh, narratives, so to speak, <laughs> um, is uh, – you know, keeping in mind that this is going to be a very deep conference. Um, Ken Palm has, I think, every team except Rutgers in the top 100 um, in the Big Ten, which to keep in mind, you know, top 100 doesn't sound great, but that's actually pretty solid. Um, you're at least decent if you're in the top 100 typically. Um, doesn't mean great, doesn't mean postseason, but at least decent. Um, so I think that that's something to keep in mind as we enter this season. But, um yeah, outside of that, thank you for everyone who has checked out the podcast. Um, my name is Thomas Bendit, um, the editor-in-chief over here at uh, Big Ten Powerhouse. Um, you can check me out at Twitter at tbendit. Um, but, yeah, excited for the season. To get started, we have a boatload of coverage on BT Powerhouse right now. So check us out. Thanks for everyone who has listened, and we will be back with I think a weekly segment um, by the season, but all right, guys, next time we talk, there will be college basketball um, and games to talk about. So thanks. <laughs> Bye.